Uh. Mama. Mama. We made it. What it, what it, what it do now? Whoa. Yeah, we just did that. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. I've I've heard other guests say like, oh, I can't believe y'all do that live every time. And I knew that. And I still am like, I can't believe y'all do that live every time. That's crazy. These guys yell at the top of their lungs. You goddamn right. It's only only fitting. Yelling indoors is dope. It really is. And look, when I call my mom, I'm yelling. You feel what I'm saying? So when I talk to anybody on the phone, I'm yelling. I'm either yelling or literally like have to tone it down and end up being midnight love for no fucking reason. (laughs) There's no middle ground. Well, outside of that, ladies and gentlemen, we have an incredible guest for you today. Um, just a little preface, man. Like, this is the beauty of, of, of this platform because I've known this human being for, I want to say, upwards of probably seven, eight years. Probably right? not. Like we've always sure. crossed paths. We've had very similar circles. And just in the culture and the, and the environment that we're in, I feel like everybody passes one another and daps up one another and like the energy's cool we like fuck with one another it's just like you see somebody dap them up hello how you doing but it just goes to show that you know beneath all of that there's a story and everybody has a story and everybody is is literally history walking you know yeah. what i'm saying and rarely do we get to experience that unless we ask you feel me um and consider this podcast that motherfucking question you dig what i'm saying Ladies and gentlemen, we have Yusuf Grant in the motherfucking building. Let's go. I'm bowing right now. It's an absolute fucking pleasure to have you. Oh, man, the pleasure is all mine. Absolutely. Thank Um, you guys for having me, and thank you guys for having this platform. This is amazing. You better believe that, bro. It's it's our pleasure. You feel me? And, you know, it's it's crazy that you and I got together not too long ago and really had that talk. Um, and it's beautiful how much you get to learn about somebody For and sure. just appreciate For sure. them as a human being instead of them as a function or yeah. like them as a cook in the kitchen that somebody's going to break bread with yeah, or, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? For Let's sure. make that money. You know what I mean? <laughs> network. Yeah. Network. Fuck anybody that says networking blatantly. Like, let's network. Like, just slap yourself and walk away. Hey, you're cool. I'm cool. Let's network. Yeah, let's network. Be like, let's, let's, let's what can you about. do for me? No one's ever had anything to contribute that has said that. For, yeah. like, what, can, what can I actually network take means from you? I need a favor. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'll, I will give no facts. Yeah, facts. And I have facts. nothing to offer. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, can you imagine if it played out like that? Like, yo, let's I network. would appreciate it more. If you said that, I'd be like, how can I help? <laughs> like, I'm cool with that. I, I can't give you Anything, but I need everything. Yeah, I need all of your resources. And even though you aren't successful, we should help me be successful. And yeah. it's like, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that that's a even... that's an arduous task. To yeah, uphold, that's you know a lot saying? of work. I, yeah, I'd love. To Thank you. For and I would, I would break bread whole... with that person. Yeah, <laughs> I put my whole life on hold, and let's just work on your shit. Let's do that. So take it. We're not networking here. We're not networking. <laughs> we're, uh, we're just talking. We're making it percolate, though. Let's mm. do that. Yusuf, you have an incredible story and I really want to start with with your upbringing because you came to this country mm-hmm. as a kid I, I was 94 so I was like six turned to seven six turned to seven so um, tell me where were you born like what I was, was born in uh, Cairo Egypt I'm, oh wow I'm a Coptic Orthodox Egyptian um and I what does that mean 
that it's a small we're probably like five or six percent of Egypt um, that were basically the race of people that were there before the Ottoman Empire and so before Islam expanded into oh, the Middle wow. East so as people got converted or other things have happened throughout wars and shit like that um, where the few that have still remained through that bloodline oh wow um, so it's so straight I, like yeah like Egyptian original. Like, like Egyptian Egyptian yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, so not Arab um, but you know we grew up speaking Arabic and it's 95% of the country so we definitely blended into their culture and but we have a separate language that's only really spoken in church and like there's a whole like underbelly of it, but um, we came here in '94 on religious asylum. So when there's like hate crimes done against you and stuff like that, um, you can apply for a visa, which is actually a lot harder now. So if that was happening to my family right now, it would be a lot harder to get like refugee status and do all that. Oh but, man! Um, so yeah, we came here. Uh, my parents worked in hotels. They met in hotels. Um, my dad worked at the Marriott in Cairo. Uh, that's where he met my mom. They got married. Um, came. It was crazy to think about that he, they had me at 28 and I'm 29. So, oh, like, wow. right now, if I had a kid. That puts a lot of shit into perspective. It's weird. It's like, how did y'all even do I heard someone say having a child at this age is like if you're drowning and then someone hands you a baby. <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, it's work. And That rings true, though. Bro. Yeah, for sure. Because I think our parents, I don't know if they didn't have the ambitions that we had, but they definitely were comfortable with a with a more simple structure of life and Absolutely. we have such grandiose mm. we're, we're the generation that we're all going to be rock stars so <laughs> it's our plan is much different than theirs absolutely um, and so yeah we came here we lived first we lived with my aunt so all three of us lived in one room in my aunt's house um until my parents found work and that's here in Los Angeles. And that's here. In, it's in um, Hancock Park. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Beautiful area. So yeah. I, I started the first lap um, in a very beautiful upper middle class area, but being a poor person in that environment um, mm. because we were kind of like renting that lifestyle. And then eventually when we were able to get our own place, um, it was in the world famous South Central Los Angeles. And um Grew up over there, but moved around a lot. Koreatown, Inglewood. Um, as I got older, I lived in Brentwood, down the street from here. I lived mid-city, downtown. Now I live in Koreatown, but I've really, like, covered the scope Full spectrum, of L.A. Full LA yeah. in every aspect of the term. Um, what, what was it like for you coming from, from Egypt to the States? Um, it was different because we were, like, pretty much middle class in Egypt. Um, I went to a British private school when I was a kid. Um we had money not we weren't rich but like we could do things mm. um and then to come here they basically use their life savings on tickets and savings to live off of wow the sacrifice the sacrifice the immigrant sacrifice that's that's something that's been a theme a lot in a, con a lot of conversations that i've been having lately of like when you're a kid you look at your parents and I, at least i can only speak for myself but i was very frustrated because i didn't understand how things worked and it's just like why don't we have better things or mm. why aren't we why can't I go on this field trip? Why can't I blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Um, but now looking back, it's like, yo, you just bet your whole life against my hand. And that's crazy to me because crazy. I'm not a father. So everyone always says, like, when you have kids, you'll understand what it's like to live for someone else. But, like, I don't have kids, so I don't understand. Like, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
it's a it's a crazy thing for you to stake me before you even knew me um and that was it was interesting adapting especially not speaking the language and being educated communication was very important because i knew i wasn't dumb but i didn't speak the language so you didn't speak english i didn't speak english i I spoke you know hello goodbye like i I knew words but i didn't speak english um so as i went out into the world and started talking to people and they kind of looked at me weird or i didn't know how to communicate and i knew that mentally i was developed enough to articulate my thoughts i just didn't have the tools to do it Mm. um so throughout elementary school I just pretty much, that's where I fell in love with reading because I like locked myself in the library, didn't do a lot of activities in elementary school and just read and read and read because I was like, I'm not dumb. I know I'm not dumb. So we're going to figure out a way to do this. Wow. And um, shout out my elementary school librarian, Miss Lonnie, who was this like crazy white lady who had holiday sweaters for every fucking holiday and I I just I hung out with her for most of it and it was a small library third street elementary yeah it's a fantastic school it's 950 million Korean kids and then like eight of whatever other race (laughs) Um, and it was dope because their culture is fresh too um a lot of Korean friends growing up um and then moved towards USC um Grew up over there, mostly black and Hispanic neighborhoods. Going from Hancock, for anyone that doesn't understand L.A., yeah, yeah, yeah. Hancock Park is a very, like, traditionally... There, it's like the old wealth of Los Angeles. Yeah, you have definitely. mega mansions there. Definitely. Like the old school kind, not like yeah, this yeah. new money. Shit's been there for a while. Yep. Huge estates. Um, beautiful, kind of suburby type. Very neighborhood. Like, you could... Pick that up and put it anywhere else in the in like any yeah, state in the U.S. For sure, You're like yeah, that fits right it's there. It's a cookie perfectly. cutter. Ooh. My the my middle school John Burroughs was used as JB was used as a high school in a lot of movies yeah. because it was that like picture perfect brick building. Wow. Like if you close your eyes and picture a cartoon high school, um, it looked like that. And then taking the bus back home where I lived, it was just a whole different dynamic. Oh, so you still went to John Burroughs even when you moved to South Central? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so moving to South Central, it's just like the entire neighborhood is, is so oh, it's polar. A whole it's, diff- it's completely polar opposite. It's a whole different opposite. thing, and, and it's funny because I've had so many, like, not personality changes, but, like, value changes and, like, how I carry myself changes. And um, I was a very, like, sweet, nice kid. Like, I wasn't aggressive at all. Um I was very gullible. I was very naive. I was very like, everybody's a friend. And then I moved to this area where everybody's walls are up. No one wants to talk. Um, and it's even felt as a youth. Oh, for sure. For sh- and I was always, I'm an only child. I always dealt with adults more. Like kids, I felt like were very peripheral beings that I'm just like, fucking move. Like, I'm, <laughs> this is not the real world. You're a baby, yeah. even though I'm a baby. And yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> what are the adults talking about? Like what's going on in politics? And they're like, you don't know anything. Um, but so I, I got the pulse of the area really, really fast. Um, and the energy was just much, much different. And I realized like, okay, it's time to adapt and it's time to like toughen up a little bit. And like, you know, there's so many, there's so many confusing ideas about what masculinity is. Um, and, arbitrary ideas of like the alpha male and wanting to like 
control a room and I wanted to control a room from a place of love. Absolutely. Um, and it didn't work. And so it was kind of a thing where like I stepped into, I don't want to say this character cause I was still being true to my own values and my yeah. own whatever, but, but I definitely malleable. Like I definitely played ages. the part and I definitely like did whatever I had to do. Started getting in a lot of trouble, um, trouble with the law, trouble with my friends, trouble with everything. And like, I live. I was raised by my grandmother and my mother. My dad always worked somewhere far. Like my, him and my mom are still together to this day, but they have a weird relationship. Like as an adult looking at their relationship now, it's fucking weird. Yeah. But he always works, and I think they kind of are so used to their space and being in love at the same time yeah. that it's an event when they get to see each other, and it's mm. something special. But. I feel like that's kind of even leaked onto my relationships of like, I require a lot of space Mm -hmm. and a lot of people, friendships, love, everything. Like when you're a person who needs space, people very selfishly make that about them. We're like, yo, like you don't want to be around me. Like, no, I just don't want to be around. Like, it's a concept that can't really be digested. It can't be digested if that's not how you operate. Um, And yeah, so it started kind of going down a bit of the wrong road. Um, when did when did this road start? Probably about eleven thirteen, um, and uh, and it's funny because I never saw it as wrong because yeah. it was never I was never malicious. I just kind of participated in things that that I didn't agree with or my character didn't agree with. But it I was could, more Darwinian. Yeah, yeah, it was more like. Mm. I'm not about to be boxed out. Like, I'm not about to be the kid on the side. I'm not about to be picked on. It, it started that way, and I was like, nah. And it was, and I was actually very fortunate to, to reckon, looking back, I recognize my saints now. There was a lot of people in my life who, a lot of big brother types who were like, nah, this isn't for you. Mm. Like, and I wanted to participate. I wanted to be like, nah, like, I'm with it, whatever. Yeah. But they were like, you know, this is, you're meant for something. They didn't say it in those words, yeah. but they were just kind of like, stay back. Um, and I'm thankful to those people now because their sacrifices, whether they consciously made them or not, they helped me navigate and they saved my life multiple times. Um, and got a little bit older and got in a situation where three of my best friends went to jail at the same time. And then another one at like a month later. And wow. so I was literally like left without my crew <laughs> And, um, At what age was this? This was in high school, so okay. I'm moving a little fast through it. But um, yeah. this was this was in high school, and then towards the end of high school, I met a few other people: um, Julian Edwards, Bo Bray, um, Casey Scheme. It was it was a whole different group of people that mm. they they came from the same world I did, but their ideology was so different. They were just so much more fun loving and not about dumb shit. And it was funny because throughout my whole life, I thought I was someone who attracted trouble. I was like, ah, oh, trouble always finds me. Like, mm. why is someone always fucking with me? Why is someone always looking at me crazy? Blah, blah, blah. And like, I was always at effect to my environment. Whereas they were just like, nah, like we're just about to go home after. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you're not about to wait in the parking lot and like stare at people. Like <laughs> I, it's, it's so like dumb yeah. now to think about, but they were just like, nah, like we like girls and we like clothes and shit. And I'm like, yo, this is much better. Like <laughs> this is way easier. This is way easier to navigate. This is so much more fun. Um, and so I always say that, that group of people who are still my friends now, and I still keep in touch with everybody that from that whole journey from before and after, um, because I think the reason I'm allowed to navigate those things because I never fronted on my situation. I never pretended to be something yeah. I wasn't. Um, so I still 
am respected or loved in all those situations because I was always me throughout the whole thread of situations. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to pull a card about. Like I always say, I'm, I never lose sleep over what people do to me, but I only lose sleep over how I carry myself. Yeah, and as long as I do everything that goes against or that is parallel to my own codes, then I'm fine. And that's the, I think that's the reason why respect will save your life. Respect will let you walk freely anywhere Absolutely. you want. And when you're young, you, especially from Egyptian culture, like it's the most alpha macho retarded situation ever to where you, you feel like the, this concept of like peacocking and asserting your aggressiveness is that's what strong people do. Mm-hmm. And now in hindsight, that's what afraid people do. Absolutely. Right. So the louder you are, the more I know that you've never done this before or you've never kind of walked down that road. And I'm happy to take the L now. You can't make me mad now. Like it's really, really hard. Yeah. Because I have too many people I care about. I have too much to lose and I don't have anything to prove to you. So if you want to think you're the alpha in the situation, by all means, take like that, you take got that it, bro. It's all you. Um, and it's not even that like, it's a, it's not a humble thing. It's, it's my ego's there. It's just, it's on the other side. Absolutely. Like, I don't, I don't have to, I don't even have to entertain this. Um, and there have been people who like still push and pull whatever, but it's like, I'm having too much fun. Like I'm having too much of a good time as, as broke as we've been as, as middle class as we've been, it's always been so much fun. I'm so, so, so fortunate from, from dangerous situations to happy situations. God has given me something that's so much more important than money, which is, people I could trust. I have the same friends since I was a kid, like a baby, like seven, eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. like, especially in this city, absolutely. Like, people have a new click every week yeah, and they like, shed clicks. and they're talking about betrayal and you took so-and-so's <laughs> girlfriend and you robbed so-and-so some money and they lent you, you had a roommate and they put the down payment, whatever, <laughs> like so many things were just like, I have other problems, but I don't have those problems. (laughs) Like my friends come through. I I trust them with my life. They know my mom. I know their mom. Like it's it's not going to go there. Yeah. Um, I know that's ambitious to say. And people are always like something will happen where, but it it won't. Yeah. Like it really won't. What what was that like growing up uh, in a household with pretty much like your mom? You see your grandma? My mom and my grandmother who just passed away last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Man, I condolence. Thank Thank you. Thank you. What was that like growing up in that type of household during this kind of transitional period where, because it sounds like as you move from Hancock Park to South Central and you feel you went through kind of a little transformation of like, mm-hmm. I got to be a character yeah. that's like more alpha male yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. But you, you're raising a household of, you know. Well, it was, it was funny because I think a lot of immigrant children have this concept of like, our parents don't know. First of all, everyone thinks their parents don't know anything. Yeah. But if your parents are from another country, you really think they don't know anything. And you really think like, that, oh, that, you didn't know shit about <laughs> dating or or the fights or sports. It's different sports. Like I, when I was a kid, I played soccer here. I played football. Like you, you don't know my life. You had a whole different experience. And then growing back, they knew exactly what I was going through. It's the same shit all <laughs> yeah. over the world. We, we know everything. They For know, real. they know everything. And, um, it it was a little tricky. I had to humble myself because as soon as I became bigger than my parents or my mother, I was just kind of out of control, like size wise. Like once she couldn't really hit me no more, yeah. there was nothing she could say. And um, my the rest of my life 
from whatever this stage of enlightenment, probably till the day I die, will be an effort to repay her for putting her through all that. Mm. Because I know it wasn't easy. And, and I was, I took a lot, whether it be energy or time or heartbreak, like, I didn't know it at the time, but I thought I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, but it was such a taxing experience for her. Mm -hmm. um, and now looking back at like, for someone to love you unconditionally, like yeah. as ugly as you want to get, they'll still be there. That's a dynamic that like, like I said, I don't have kids and I don't even understand it yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like to, to truly put someone through shit, um, and to kind of come out of the other side going, what the fuck just happened? Like, who was that person that, <laughs> that I was? Um, and I, and I was always smart. Like I, I always got good grades, but, um, it wasn't through my own effort. It was school was just easy for me. And that's actually something that I'm paying for as an adult because I never really learned how to work hard. And I, oh. and I used being smart as a facade of a hard worker. Mm. And so it got to a point where that catches up with you, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you, if you could get an A on a test and not study, you start going to college where like, you kind of have to study. Like yeah. you can't just listen and skim and then understand things. Co concepts are getting more complex. So you go from being really impressive and like constantly patted on the shoulder to average to behind. Yeah. And that's a hum. That's that's a very humbling. That's a very experience. humbling experience to go from. That's a like, daunting. I read experience. at a post high school level since my first day of middle school, mm. and it. I got great SATs. I got into good schools, and then I got kicked out of my school before I even didn't even want to apply to college. I wasn't even thinking about that, um, and I wanted to take time off. And then eventually, I went and ended up going to CSUN. Um, didn't finish that. I wanted to get a, a writing degree and then started writing music. Um, and that was going good for a second. So I left all that behind. Um, and I'm glad I did, but not in the way that it happened. Yeah. Um, because music didn't really pan out the way I thought it was going to be. And it was like, I got my big break like five times and it never was the big break that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and I was so goal oriented that I never even noticed all these goals being fulfilled. Like yeah. it was like, oh, dope. My goal is to like get a pub deal or to get a placement or whatever. And then as they were happening, like I remember praying, like, I hope to one day work in a real studio. And then I'm working in a real studio and I'm like, I just want to get this placement. And then I get a place. I'm like, I just want to get this check. And, then, yeah, yeah, and you move forward and you never look like all these things are being granted. Yeah. And you have this amazing power to like bring things to fruition. But if you're constantly chasing it, it never comes because it's moving. Um, that finish line keeps moving and you keep chasing it. Um, but yeah, so that was, I'm learning how to work hard now. Yeah. And uh, developing those work muscles that it's, it's tricky because I still find myself like relying on being a fast learner or, and I, I have to constantly fight. It's like, like an awareness. It's an awareness. You have to constantly fight getting lazy or you have to constantly fight having things handed to you or 
finding like the tricky back row yeah. way to get mm-hmm. somewhere and versus... even putting shit aside and like telling yourself you're gonna be good yeah you know what i'm saying it's like you playing a game with yourself oh, li- lying to yourself or self-awareness that whole dynamic is so i don't know i have a lot of complexes and i have a lot of like i don't know if it's from reading too much but i have like a lot of hero complexes i have a lot of like I always want things to be special and amazing and I'm never really satisfied with very normal things that are also <clears throat> are also amazing mm-hmm. but you don't see them like that. So like when I started getting in trouble, I wasn't a bad person, I was bored and I wanted a story. Like I wanted mm-hmm. adventure. And um and as you get older, you you're still bored. Like a lot of th- and now I'm never bored yeah. because I take moments to, like, I look at, uh, I talk to my friend Julian all the time, and we look and, like, we'll look around at a situation we're at, and we're like, this isn't normal. Like, people don't get to do this. No. And it's funny, because the grass is always greener. Like, I have cousins and and family members who look at my life, and they're like, yo, this is amazing. You were partying with so-and-so, and and you got to travel to blah, 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 and whatever. And I'm looking at them like, yo, that's amazing. You bought a house, and you have a a (laughs) wife, and you got a degree, and all this. Like, they're supposedly hella hella regular shit like yo i can't pay my bills off of meeting this fucking whoever it is like yeah that that means nothing it's in the facade. grand scheme of things but that's as much as i love la and I, I rep it to the core like that's one of the biggest problems we have out here is like everyone's lying so everyone's competing with a false standard mm. and every time you place a bet based on what so and so looks like they're doing, mm-hmm. you're doing yourself a disservice because hundred percent. Because when everybody and I think that's what's so dope about this show is like I love that people are kind of breaking down those walls because like I'm, I'm not successful now. Like when you told me about the show and I was like, yo, I'm not in a position to tell people how to make it. Like I haven't made it, but I think it's it's dope. The the reason that I thought it would be a good look was because. I like, sh- I'm not ashamed of anything. Like, no. I, I like this story. I like how rough my story is. I think the dopest timeline of life is to go from poor to successful or, and define success however you want to. Absolutely. Exactly. Because you said, I mean, look, that, that changes. You, you, could, you could think like, you know, as soon as I get my record deal, I'm yeah. like I made it. And then you're just like, oh, that placement. You that could ask deal. any of my friends about getting a record deal. Of course. Straight it's up. It's not tight. For real. Um, no. But and I always think about Dave Chappelle. I, I quote everything to Dave Chappelle. That's like one of my heroes. But um, when he he told his dad he wanted to be a comedian, and he was like, "It's really hard for a comedian to be successful." And he's like, "Well, that depends on your definition of success. If I make a teacher salary doing comedy, I'm successful Absolutely. because I don't want to be a teacher." And that's kind of how I look at it. Is like I feel successful now, and of course there are things I want, and I'm very like conflicted, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't even think it's hypocritical. I just think. I it's want, awareness. It's awareness. I want, I'm very materialistic. I love nice things. I'm, I'm, I like fancy shit. I'm, I'm a craft nerd. So yeah. I like when people put effort into things and the things are the best of what they can be, whether it be food, clothes, whatever. But I also realize how silly being materialistic is and how crazy it is. Like how many people don't have anything to eat. So once you look at the world on both of those coins and realize you can be both it's okay you can care about people absolutely and care about yourself and this is america you want that dream and you want i want to buy my mother a house i want i still want to do all those things but at the same time i realize that i have what's important yeah i i have the thing that people don't have yeah i feel like it's always a balance because 
you know, there's nothing wrong with being materialistic and, and wanting great things because outside of the fact that, when, excuse me, not outside of the fact, but when it's a taste preference. For sure. Right? So many people, I feel like, that get caught up in that vortex mm -hmm. or that tornado, if you will, the reason why it becomes like a soul-sucking leech mm -hmm. is that those objects are, are, are sought after to define us. For sure. Right? So when you start looking at things for comfort or looking at things for meaning, it, it takes the meaning out of them. Mm -hmm. For but sure. But then from the standpoint of if you're in a position to get these things, right, and it just becomes your expression of taste and also kind of like a celebratory scenario for, sure. for and it's consistency person. like i shouldn't know more about the shit you're into than you do so if you're into something be into it nerd out like the joss whedon had a definition of what is a nerd and he said someone who enjoys things that take effort to be enjoyed mm. like you participate in your hobbies yeah. and that's i respect that but if you're just doing it because so and so is doing it or because that's what they told you their standard of success is, yeah. then like you're hurting yourself. Like if you're not into that, don't be into that. Um, and I'm sure there's a thing that you're into that if you would devote time and energy and money and, and whatever into that, you would find more fulfillment because that's your shit, not yeah. somebody else's. Um, but I think people kind of co-opt and adopt different ideals of like what their measurement of success is because it is so lucid and fluid right now. Like Absolutely. success is not a thing there. Yeah. I, hang, I work in Malibu right now and I hang out with a lot of rich people who are very sad. Yeah. And it's a lot of people who, you know, they, they don't find fulfillment in other things and it's things you can't buy. And I look at them like, yo, I have that stuff. Yeah. Like my friends love me. My mom loves me. I still, I have a good relationship with my dad. Like it's all these things that, I know what matters yeah. and I still want things and I still want more comfort and to be able to pay my bills with more ease and, sure. and all those things. But I'm trying to get better at being aware that other people are praying for my situation. Mm. And I think it starts there for, for a lot of people too, when you're kind of on that path of like some, some, I mean, usually it starts when like you hit rock bottom or something, you realize, yeah. okay, you hit a certain point that you thought was the road that you're supposed to For get. For sure. You hit that point, you're like, wait a minute, I got this, but I'm fucking dead inside. Oh, that's the biggest theme of the last couple of years is people fucking, when, when Wiley Coyote's running off the cliff and yep. then he finally looks down and realizes there's no ground, that <laughs> yeah. was me from like 15, 16, 2017. Like that was a time where like things just started falling apart and like dropping out the sky and all this like, house of cards that I built of like what I'm supposed to be doing just started crumbling. And it was like, okay, I could fall apart or I could rebuild yeah. and I can very humbly rebuild and take very, very small steps to kind of get my shit back in order. Um, when, when you were in high school um, and getting into trouble, I'm just thinking like mm -hmm. in terms of your path, mm -hmm. Did you have like a, a dream or something that you wanted to do or pursue or were you like creative? Man, my at that problem point? is I love everything. I'm so passionate that mm -hmm. I can fall in love with so many things and I'm so easily distracted. Um, so I'm like the perfect example of like jack of all trades, master of none. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to. Especially coupling that with 
needing a level of excitement and for needing sure. a level of like and the problem yeah. is perfection from and the pro- not to sound like a, I'm good at a lot of things so like I learn fast I just I can start yeah and once you start going through the follow through you go do I want to do this for the rest of my life and mm. then I start feeling trapped like uh. wait am I about to be a cook like I thought I liked cooking but and I bro I did everything like I I still write music, but I, I did music. Take, take us through that. Like, I, I want to really go through the, the path of you made your transition in high school. Mm-hmm. You started you, the, the group of friends you surrounded yourself with, like that shaped your ideal of being able to have fun and being comfortable mm-hmm. doing so. Right. And mm-hmm. you're a very smart kid. Mm-hmm. So like naturally was college in your mind naturally or was it something where you were like, you know what? College was something I always felt like I can go back to later. Okay. Um, I always wanted to because like I always hear a lot of people say I was the first person to go to college. I was the first person not to go to college. My grandfather had a degree. Mm. My dad had a degree. Um, <laughs> that pressure didn't bother you? It wasn't the pressure of college because I don't have like a very academic family. They just like, that was the step to take. Yeah, um, totally. And, um, and people got to remember, like, Egypt, how y'all see it on the news right now, is very different from how it was in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Absolutely. It was very progressive. It was very westernized. Absolutely. It was suit and tie, mini skirts, music, film, theater. And so everyone went to college. It wasn't like a, I mean, there were, there were, there's obviously classes, but everybody, that was kind of a natural progression. So it wasn't like, my parents were very like academic, like brainy types. They were very like salt of the earth, like blue collar people. And, um, I, I definitely wanted to go to school and I felt like academics was very important. I just didn't know what I wanted to master because Mm -hmm. I, I looked at college as like, I've developed a general sense of education. I know how to speak. I know how to add, I know whatever. And now I have to pick a thing to become an expert at. Um, that's interesting that's an interesting way to look at, at the, in, into college and and like i always think of like jiro dreams of sushi like i don't know if you've ever seen that documentary yeah, but incredible. like it's just picking a very specific thing <coughs> and getting sucking a little bit less every day at it yeah and um and that's For what real. i wanted to find but i was such like a squirrel that's just like loves everything so me and julian started managing people in high school so we had a record label called fresh to death um, and we were managing like net, who are now like scheme, um, is cat light hope, few other rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were doing this LA circuit. We were doing the pay to play Sean Healy shows. I've done um, many of those shows and we were killing it. We were selling out tickets. We were, we were selling more tickets than the headliners. Uh, we were doing, there was a cat named, uh, Philly and, and sticks, uh, who had the pit in Culver City and there were rap battles and I mean that whole underground scene with like who are now all these amazing people that everyone knows is like the LA circuit like our network of people was solid those Mm -hmm. are the people that grew up to be you know your Pac Divs your Dom Kennedys your all those people were just the homies that you see across the way um so I was very fortunate because now I meet people from other states and they're like I was following that from home. Yeah, and that was, was such a special time in Los Angeles, too. Oh, it was too. beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. Um, and this is you still in high school? St- uh, uh, high, yeah. high school, but... High school, to, so like 06, 07. So like I graduated high school 06. So it was like end of high school, beginning of college. Um, 
and we were doing all that and it just didn't end up working out. Like I st- I'm still friends with all those people and that they I consider them brothers, but what, what didn't work out about it? I can speak for myself that I probably wasn't a good manager cause I didn't really like doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Julian probably was a much better manager than me, but even him, like it was a different dynamic where there was a lot of like effort being traded back and forth of like, I'll care for a little while, then he'll care for a little mm. while, then the artist will care for a little while, but those things won't line up. Yeah. And so you just get your feelings hurt when like you invested so-and-so into printing however many CDs. And then mm. this person doesn't want to do his show because he's bored or yeah. what. It was just like a young, like the infancy of it's kind of like being a, almost a creative. A yeah. yeah. It was a band dynamic where yeah. like we, we loved each other. We're brothers. We, we had each other's backs and we still do. But I think we just had to redefine our roles. Um, so that ended up completely falling apart. Um, and so, I mean, you know, schemes out there killing it right now. Um, and a lot of people from those camps have have been doing a really good job and they've really grown into their own. Um, and what else happened? And then I started getting into retail slash fashion for a while. So so you were never an artist or I was never an artist. Okay. So you just worked on the, the I just worked on the, on the back end, And then eventually I started writing music, but I was never uh, actually, I never want, I didn't have a good time being popular. I didn't want to be famous. That was not a goal of mine. Interesting. that it, it, it wasn't fun. I didn't, I don't like, I like attention, but in a very specific way, like I have to be in control of it. And I feel like once you become famous, you lose all control of your attention or the type of attention that you get. So being, being an artist was never on my radar. Um, So yeah, that, but yeah, that was a, like you said, that was a beautiful time in LA. If anyone remembers the pit or the spliff or any of those like um, that have now, I think they've, grown and, and changed and like I know Verbs does bananas in Lamert Park and the, it was kind of like the earlier stuff of that. It was really bubbling. It was really bubbling. It was all your favorite artists now um, just kind of getting on the mic and battling yeah. and doing like bad shows. It was just bad. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so beautiful and so dope. But Project it was Blow. so un- Project Blow. Like it was so unrefined but I think that's what was so fresh it about it. It was literally like yeah. the seeds yeah. of oh, the yeah. culture that were just starting to sprout and it was crazy because that was the first time we saw an interaction between actual music and closet music. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember you and I did like some deal with Mountain Dew or like, so, and we just saw like, wait, like this could be a real thing. And then we started getting meetings where we're like meeting with labels and doing all this stuff. We're like, this could be a, a real thing. I remember Hope did a show at LMU and it was him, you and I and J. Cole. And yep. may, maybe two people showed up. I think it was about two in the audience. <laughs> and um, can you imagine that? Is I was there. I, I can't imagine <laughs> that. I was, you know, it's funny too. I like, was sitting there. <laughs> well, it's crazy because when you, you know, when you, it was such a special time too. Because like when you brought up Sean Healy, mm-hmm. like he kind of controlled that. Like Sean Healy, Sean like, had it. Like is, is the angel and the devil of yeah, hard work for real. Because I probably gave him more money than he gave me. It was that yeah. bad. Yeah, but, sell, sell your tickets, but the 
especially I think in hip hop. Mm-hmm. And then like there was like a metal side to it. Yeah, like, for like, sure. Why does this metal band? Do I didn't look like, at that side of the board, like but the, the, but the, the but, originator of pay to play. Yeah, that Angeles. was our yeah, pay to play. Like, but you would our, get big shows. You would get. I remember we opened for Quick. We opened for it was, it was so many dope at the Key Club, at the Roxy, all those venues yeah. where it was like House of Blues. As long as we feel like we're doing a real show, that's all we needed. Yeah, and we had enough love and support to where people showed up. Yeah. Um, and they wore t-shirts and I remember, uh, Mizzle and he used to have paper boys. He used to give us clothes for the shows. Um, and that now grew up into LAX and to yep. now, uh, J- JBC and yep. now he's with YG, which is super hard. Like I love their dynamic yes. right now. Cause it's such a, it's such a beautiful look at LA. Like that's the thing about growing up in all these neighborhoods, like I see LA as so beautiful in every side of it. And Absolutely. like, what, no matter what you say about certain neighborhoods, like there's beauty everywhere and you're never going to find that type of camaraderie that I had. Mm-hmm. Like you can't buy that to the, whatever the dangers were, whatever getting pocket check, walking to the gas station and all those dynamics. Like that was the price we paid for having this amazing experience that other people didn't have. And I feel like me being bored, like that fulfilled it. Like I wasn't yeah. bored anymore. It was, it was it was literally an era where community was so solidified and the internet and all of its mediums that it provided, mm-hmm. even for said uh, space, mm-hmm. right, was more of a glue than yeah. it was an ocean and a vast mm-hmm. landscape yeah. of mm-hmm. just access. And the internet did something amazing, which it gave everybody things to do. Yeah. It gave everybody a role. So like being younger, I think it that's gave a voice to all, bro. That's why we got in trouble was because there was nothing else to do. Whereas like especially like in LA, like game banging was so strong back then, like mm-hmm. early two thousands, late nineties. And I'm and like our old heads will tell you like it was crazier in the eighties and nineties, but yeah. it was crazier for us than it is now because I see kids now, you know, skateboarding and learning Photoshop and doing all this stuff where I'm like, that's dope. Like we weren't doing that shit. For like real. we we didn't even Photoshop. I remember it was like a thousand dollars or whatever it was. Yeah. I was just like I'm not learning graphic design. Yeah. Like that's not even a thought. Um, but now I, I'm so happy that you know you have kids that want to be clothing designers. You have kids that want to be music video directors. You have we we didn't have that kind of variety. It you was have just kids like, now that want to create. They want to create, but it's not just one way. It's not just yes. like hoop or rap. It's it's yes. There's so many ways into the industry or other industries that I'm glad that all those like side fields are now highlighted. I'm actually even glad they're becoming somewhat celebrity because if that's what y'all want, like you could be a famous music video director now. Absolutely. You could be a famous producer now. Yeah. And the barriers to the information that you're getting are totally like knocked down where you have YouTube and you can type in anything and be self taught. But that. I'll be honest, that kind of makes me nervous because yeah. I feel like we're, I was born in 88. We're the last generation to be on both sides, mm-hmm. right? So I had to approach a girl and ask her for her number in her face. And I've also DM'd a girl and asked her for her number. So that kind of, that both sides of that fence, we're not as technologically ignorant as our parents. Mm-hmm. We're definitely not as technologically savvy as my little cousins. Yeah. But we, I think we have the best of both worlds. Absolutely. We, we can we can navigate all the social media. We we started on MySpace, we started on whatever. And 
we also had a lot of face-to-face conversations. The internet and, and, and all of the things that, that blossomed from it were way more, uh, I feel like, accents of efficiency and accents of access at the time. For sure, Absolutely. but now we're getting to a point where like the argument could be made of why retain information. I can look it up whenever I want. Yeah. And like we're I'm, in a very we're in a very like unique period now for where, sure. where it's like we, we had start- to do book reports with no internet. <laughs> yeah. We had to cite our sources, use for five real. or six books. Like you had to go to the library. You had to go and there and check books out and yeah. check them out and and read through the whole thing. I can't search narrow down. I had to read this whole shit. Yeah. Maybe use the index to narrow it down, yeah. but or the table of contents, but you the you concept can, of refined information is far it's as more as pure cut as whatever you need it mm-hmm. to be. But that also makes me really weary of like who wrote it because I've had plenty of arguments where we try to Google to settle it and we find articles for both sides. Yeah. <laughs> so now there's not a finite answer yeah. because everyone's opinion is put into this pot. Absolutely. And because we're of the generation of like quote unquote learning, and that's one thing that I've never had an issue with I love learning if you told me I'll teach you how to crochet like whether I need it or not let's sit down and figure it out like I love adding new talents to my roster no matter what they are um but I loved learning I love knowing new things if there was something I could pick your brain about I'll sit down and sponge it and um Mm. I think now I've actually had this conversation recently where someone was like I can just use my phone but we're at a point where like technology is about to lap us and now we're at a point where we almost need to handicap it. Like, I feel like a lot of our... It's like iRobot right now. On some iRobot shit, like, think about it. We definitely have the technology for all of our devices to turn on and off when we need them, yeah. right? But I prefer them to have an on and off switch. Absolutely. I want to participate or else it's going to get crazy. Yep. Yeah. And also, you still are going to have situations where your phone dies. Or, you know, yeah, I can't do math to, like... 800 decimal points but like i could do the basics like i know when to pull the calculator out yeah but which is at like two decimals but um <laughs> but like we had to do long division with remainders and i feel like that's not even Bro, taught. we had to remember phone numbers and right now for me uh, like if i lose if if i, if I lose my contact number and my house number yeah like for and number real. of some of my homies that I grew up with, I would, I would actually yeah. call their house. And if they change their number, I'm not yeah. remembering a new one. Yeah, no, no, sorry, can't player. do it. Sorry, no, you're just a name that I click on. Yeah, and it's an and you. There's an argument to be made about you don't you don't have to have it, but I look at it as like you can arm yourself well or you can arm yourself shabbily, and we both might win, but I'd rather have better odds. So Absolutely. I'd rather have more information and collect more information and know things about things. And also like I'm a dick and I like to know things and I like to like, I like to know more than other people and challenge them. And my best friends are people who challenge me back. And they're yeah. like, you know, I love people with, with backbones. I love people. I, I like, I don't they stand like, for something. Yeah. They stand for something. And they also, I, I'm a, I've always been a firm believer of like the smartest person in the room. You got to leave dynamic because it's so quick to start getting dumb again. Mm. And if you're not challenging me, I love being around people who just bring something to the table. And like smart is only the field that it's in, right? So you could be smart about religion. You could be smart about politics. You could be smart about music, whatever. Mm. As soon as we take you out of your comfort zone, you're dumb. So there's always going to be someone that could teach you something. And if you're operating through life going like, I already know, 
then you're hurting yourself to the up team. It takes degree. the curiosity like, out of things. Yeah, for sure. And that was, those were the dynamics of like the roughest parts of my life of like this nerdy, smart, whatever kid <coughs> who was having everything he thought was going to get him all the way there got me like 15% of the way there. Yeah. And then there was no more gas in the tank. And it was like, and that's when, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have had some like amazing friends, amazing family members, amazing women in my life. Like, I feel like people always shit on their exes. I have had the strongest, most powerful exes that have contributed to me as a person in a way that I can never, ever repay them for. And, um, and I always never understood like shitting on your ex. Like that's someone who was a reflection of you. Absolutely. And the more you talk down on them, the more it's like, oh, then this shitty person liked you. Like, <laughs> Especially when like, you shared the most intimate moments. For, for sure. I, always thought, I actually feel you on that because I, I always felt when you're with, like, talking about your ex, this is someone at one point in your life you were totally in love with. For sure. Totally intimate with, fully vulnerable with. Yeah. For sure. And like you could go years like I've never knowing that person again. Ever. And I'm also not a serial dater. I've had three girlfriends. Yeah. They, they were they're relatively long, like two to three year relationships. Yeah. But like I'm not like gonna date everyone I talk to. Absolutely. So the people that I've chosen to like and they've chosen me to bring into my life, like I still care about them. Like you still can't talk about them in front of me. Like, yeah. That's at not- the end of the day, bro. Like all of the great things and all of the devastating things we learn from them. For sure. Right? So it, it, if we look at it as like a lesson as opposed to... Everything is a lesson. Uh, a scapegoat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I feel like the the concept of shitting on your exes is, is such an <laughs> e- egotistical thing. For sure. It's such a... Like, you, like cats think they're going to be vindicated by shitting on somebody yeah. and getting that affirmation of agreeance from, from, from their peoples. But it's like... For better or for worse, whether it's a girlfriend, whether it's a friend, every interaction being, if it may blossom or if it just crumbles, you learn from all of that. Like it's, it's existence in its purest form, right? And that's the thing is learning to share time without this concept of being possessive, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't own any of my exes. We, we were meant to cross paths for a certain amount of time. We shared amazing times together. We've learned from each other. We shared experiences. And then we got to a point where we changed enough to where the puzzle pieces didn't fit anymore. And whether it was messy or neat or however that came to an end, that's how it was supposed to happen. Absolutely. That time period shared was exactly how it was supposed to be. It wasn't like, ah, I wasted my time on you or blah, blah, blah. Like, nah, like I hate that type of thinking. Like that's boof. Like you care about this person. Yeah. And, um, and I still do. Like, I still say what's up to it's, all my It's one of those things where it's, like, purely to each their own. And it's wild because I, I had lunch with a friend of mine today, and, like, he's on his, like, super playlistic, like, you know, oh, oh, oh you settle down now yeah. attitude. And for me, it's one of those things where it's, like, look, I'm open to explore anything. For sure. Like, look, the whole concept of, yeah, how can you remain monogamous? Men are savages. Men are hunters. All these things. At the end of the day, any relationship whether it's with a woman or with your friend, is a sacrifice. For sure. Right? And the baseline of it all isn't, it doesn't necessarily come down to, to commitment or, or, or the, the, the sea mm-hmm. of uh, opportunities out there. It's merely in this stage in your life, are you willing 
to sacrifice for something that you see could be special. And then at the same time, things end. It doesn't always need to end uh, horribly, but it's one of those things where any two people for a relationship to last they have to grow with one another. For sure. Especially you know at saying? our age, we're changing. Yeah. So the promises you make today, they're not lies. Yeah. They're just, I'm only speaking for myself at this moment. And I don't know what's about to happen tomorrow. But I feel like people use that argument whenever it's convenient. That, that whole savage thing. Like, like bro, good yeah, for you. No, not even that. Like, yeah, men are primally whatever. We're also primally fucking morons. Like, the best, <laughs> yeah. the best advancements of civilization is when we go against our primal needs. Absolutely. I'm not supposed to fucking hit you over the head with a club and hunt my food anymore. <laughs> like that's how we grew as a civilization, as a society. We've evolved. We've evolved. So yeah, sometimes you got to fucking fight your natural urges. Like it shouldn't be that hard yeah. because at the end of the day, there's something you're sacrificing for Absolutely. and there's something that you want. And like, I'm single now, but like, Relationships are tight, bro. Like, they are. They're so, I mean, we've all, you know, done whatever we did. And, like, I don't know. It could be fun for a second, but it's nothing truly fulfilling. Look, there are times, at the end of the day, it depends on where somebody is in their life, right? And and no knock to anybody that that truly seeks commitment or anybody that is truly seeking the, the hunt and, mm-hmm, and the fun. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, t- to be honest, it really boils down to being open and honest with who you are For sure. and, and how you engage. And you're allowed to change your opinion. Absolutely. You're allowed, to, you're allowed to disagree with yourself with new knowledge. Yeah. And once someone, if, if we're arguing and you make a good point, yeah. guess what? I lost. Like, yeah. it's cool. And I, it, and it really you've changed comes, my mind. Yeah. And, and even that concept comes down to honesty of self, right? Because, like, there's been so many times, even when I asked my boys, like, all right, cool, like, you pulled a bad one back. You woke up and, like, now you run into the club the next day. Yeah. When you woke up, did you feel elated? Most of the time, it's no. Most of the time, you feel awful. Yeah. No matter how fine she looked or how fine me. she was. If that, and this is, I can only speak for myself, but, or maybe it's my age now, but you get to a point where, like, if the connection's not that dope, like, you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah. And that's kind of where I got with relationships where, like, I'm not even really looking right now because it's like a league thing. Like, if I don't like the pool that I'm dating in, yeah. then I got to, Go back to the drawing board, upgrade myself, and then come back out and be like, okay, who's at level two? Absolutely. Like, and that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I don't really want to waste people's time. It's it's. I know that's like cliche to say, but I'm not. It's not enough anymore. Absolutely. Like, and I, and I feel like that point in and of itself plays a very significant role in your dance with curiosity. For sure. Because you're an extremely curious cat. Um, and you know, in, in your, it's beautiful to like, for the first time, see and hear, uh, a homie have such a love for a story. Right. And at the same time, you know, yearn for the experiences that a multitude of stories provide, but also question fairly quickly how, Hmm. how fruitful 
the story is yeah, for you. For sure. Right. And, I, and it plays a role in, in, in this saga that, that 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 we call your life, right? Right. In that your curiosity tied in with your level of intellect is like a cocktail <laughs> for for real though, but it's like a cocktail for like very sudden realization. Oh, but and, but and they it, go against each other. Yeah. That's where my handicap is. I yeah. started college as a physics major and then changed it to music and then creative writing and then dropped out. <laughs> so I had a really ill physics teacher in high school. Shout out to Dr. Waddell. And he put me on to a famous physicist named Richard Feynman. And uh, he worked on the Manhattan Project. He wrote a bunch of books. Um, one, and I read this book called Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman. <laughs> and he's a, he was a physicist but he was just like a curious character and yeah. i really related to like his concept of just like looking at things sideways and asking why and then using science to figure out why and then i got into it and like it wasn't that it was <laughs> it wasn't like a dark comedy it was just like numbers for <laughs> yeah. three semesters and i was like this is kind of dumb so <laughs> i moved on um and i was like okay i want to do music but like my theories on music were the same as my theories on fashion. Like you're studying people who pioneered things. Mm -hmm. So you're taking, you're applying a cookie cutter formula to what's supposed to be like raw, chaotic Mm -hmm. emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, You're plagiarizing. You're plagiarizing. And um, you're not even plagiarizing product. You're plagiarizing process, which is the most special Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. Um, So left that. And I was like, look, I've always wanted to teach. I like talking to people. Um, I had a small stint with like poetry um, at the Poetry Lounge at the Greenway Court Theater and became a family member over there, performed a lot. They welcomed me with open arms and um, I loved writing. So I was like, okay, I'll write books, I'll teach. Um, I had a friend, Dr. Javon Johnson now, who I saw him. He was also from roughly where I'm from and he's a doctor. He got his master's and his PhD um, I believe I might be wrong. I think it's like culture and gender studies or something smart. Yeah. And, um, and he, and he finished at like 29. Wow. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. Like he just, there was such a distinguished nature about it. And he was still so honest with himself about like who he was. Like, I don't like when intellect is boxed into like snobby, yeah. smart, like, where it's tied with a ribbon. And it's just tied like with a ribbon. Like, you can be intellectual and be from wherever you're from, talk however you talk, carry the story that you've brought. Like, I was watching an interview with Vince Staples on uh, Joe Budenshaw, I forgot what it's called, but he's one of those people where, like, hella smart, but he's not, like, trying to sound smart. He just knows more than you. Yeah. And th- that's all you he's need to be. He's experienced more than you have. And, but he's self-aware and he knows himself. Like, and I don't even know, dude, but I, I just get that energy of, like, that... Self-awareness. Absolutely. That's, that's self-awareness, honesty. That's one of the biggest secrets of life. Like once you start kind of meeting your true self halfway, mm-hmm. you'll have a much easier journey. Like the more you fight it, the hard, you're doing extra work. Absolutely. So much extra work. Whereas like if you stop comparing your situation with other people's situations, if you stop kind of using other people's adventures as a benchmark, then you'll allow yourself to go at the pace that you're supposed to yeah. go at. Um, as well as if you stop putting as much weight on what you're currently doing as a, a benchmark to where you're going to eventually go. Exactly. Because right? I feel like I feel like that's quintessent- <laughs> excuse me, quintessentially uh, 
your youth's plight, mm -hmm. if you will. For sure. Right? And you had to have those adventures. to. Get, I, I love the word adventure because I feel like I'm in a fucking book. Yeah. But you had to have those adventures to get to here. Like, I had to go through a lot of shit to have the passive calmness that I've earned now. Like, and I see it so many times where, like, certain people will, will be so loud and just ask for so much and they're spewing so much negativity. And I'm just like, you haven't experienced it yet. And yeah. I hope you don't because it sucks. But when you know that something can go from you stepped on my shoes to people are dying, yeah, then you're, you're a lot more careful with how you choose your words. Mm -hmm. You're a lot more careful Absolutely. with what you decide to embark on. And I feel like that's the thing. If you don't know it, how would you know? And like, if you can associate the pain with the end result with, with, the, the the and compare it to the disrespect that's initially felt. It's like, come on, it's man. nothing. It's not it, I, like I said. These are uh, nine. T there's still, of course, things I hold sacred. But nine times out of ten, you can have that win. Absolutely, because I don't need anything from you. My friends know who I am, yeah. so I don't have to prove anything to them. Usually, the room knows who I am, so yeah. I don't have to prove anything to them. So I'd rather not put on a show. I'd rather yeah. talk to you get to the bottom of whatever misunderstanding it was because it probably wasn't a genuine issue Yeah, and have fun the rest of our night Absolutely. versus me ruining the night. And, and that's the thing. I don't have a good medium. It's either like two extremes. And I think people have a very romantic notion of that type of Absolutely. macho, whatever, violent. I'll say violence and, and aggression and all that. They have very storybook concepts of it, but that's just because they haven't experienced it. And like, yeah. I've had exes go like, you're never jealous. Like, you never react or you never do whatever. And I'm like, okay, but if I hit somebody with a bar stool, now am I doing too much? Because like, I don't have a, I don't have a medium. So I'm trying to tell you that like, I'd rather laugh and dap him up and like be thankful that he yeah. thinks the girl that chooses me is pretty enough to whatever. And that. And also, it's like, yo, how the fuck would somebody else know? So who are we? Make? Like, what's the it's, issue it's here? All, the issue is always insecurity. Absolutely. People, always. people need validation. People are not, and I, I, I still need it sometimes. People are not as we confident in themselves. It just depends on where we're looking for it. Exactly. And, and now, like, I'm at the point where, like, if my mom is proud of who I've become, then that's all I need. That's it, it's amazing. It's like one of the things we tell people is like, well, I haven't made it yet. I don't know if I should come on the show. I was like, yo, if, what does your mom think? Is she proud of, <laughs> is she proud of you? Oh yeah, my mom loves me. All right, you for know. real. And, that, and so, so let's get to. The, I mean, we can keep talking about whatever subject, but I want to like wrap up the journey part. Let's get it because it's. I think it's hilarious right now that I just started school. I just started a bachelor's degree, um, so I'm going to school for transportation design. Which I want. I'm, I want to take you back though before we go. Okay, here. we can go there. I want to. Oh, we definitely going to go there. Wherever you want to go is you. You you went into music mm -hmm. and you realized it wasn't for you. And that's, I didn't realize it wasn't for me. I, it wasn't fulfilling at the... It, it had to be on my terms. Absolutely. Right. So, so I started doing music. I started working with like uh, one of my best friends, Kay Roosevelt, who just got a new deal. And like y'all are about to go crazy over his new shit. But he's incredibly he's talented. He's an incredible man. artist. He's, and he was kind of one of those things where like we bonded instantly. He was like a later friend in my life. Yeah. But like... He was a musician who was producing. I was an author who was writing music. So mm -hmm. we felt we were very valid in our fields. Where mm -hmm. like everybody's taking shortcuts and they're using like whatever plugins and he's over there playing the drums. 
and everybody's like making up and mumbling words and I'm a fucking story writer who's bringing that to music. Mm -hmm. So it was a thing where like we kind of patted ourselves on the back and we were like, we could rock with each other. Yeah. Um, and we went on that journey and started working with the amazing hit boy and his whole camp and we still fuck with them very heavily and like it was it was just a surreal experience it was a fun couple of summers of like tasting this good life absolutely um started getting more work started getting respect as a very very tiny amount of respect as a songwriter was, was and just being before, allowed in the room was this before your your tv and film experience this was after Okay. So I see. I I even forget certain experiences. See that, no, but that's that, that, that's why that's why I want to take it <laughs> exactly. But that and that's the beauty of us me uh, us talking about your story beforehand. The funny mm -hmm. thing is, I have such a bad sense of time yeah. and like gauging time mm -hmm. that I don't even really know what happened when. So yeah. when you, and it all kind of overlaps. So absolutely. But that's after what we're all here for. After high school, um, my best friend Julian's mother, who worked at BET. She got me a job as a PA on the BET Awards, mm -hmm. and I excelled really fast, and I started getting promotions, and I was a production coordinator for a while. I worked for Food Network, MTV, VH1, 51 Minds. I, worked for, I did a bunch of shows. I did a Michael Jackson special right when he died, um, and it, it started moving really fast. I was making good money, but it was like 15, 18-hour days. Anyone who's worked television production knows, yeah. like... It's yeah. a dedication. hard yeah. and it's all in. So like the next step would be like to try to become a segment producer, maybe produce something, mm -hmm. maybe try to veer into the writer's room, whatever. But again, it was those things. It was one of those situations where like I'm good enough to con be a contender, but then I have to ask myself, do I want this? Mm. Because this didn't leave any time for anything else. So I couldn't have hobbies. I couldn't do music. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. It was like, are you about to work in TV or oh, not? Yeah. And it's this is it are you about to do it? and i was like nope and that was it because it was it, i didn't love it and it yeah. was a lot of work and it was good money but i didn't even have time to spend the money yeah um that's such a conundrum like like you you grow up like thinking stability yeah. good career like these bankers and, and and all these like different professions where it's like opulence putting in insane hours but then when real life sets in, like the thought and the aspiration towards certain things, yeah. you can't weigh out what your lifestyle and experience is and, and even put that into perspective. And I'm like, thankful that I had a perspective on that early because I decided because of certain situations with my dad working a lot um, mm -hmm. and the people that raised me, which were fucking Uncle Phil, Tim Allen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking his wild ass neighbor, Mr. That we never saw. Mr. Feeney, Wilson, yeah, uh, all those people. Those are the ones who raised me. So I decided very early on that I have to be a corny TV dad. I have to barbecue. I have to wear an apron that Respect. says something funny. Respect. Um, and so a lot that xed out a lot of jobs. I'm not about to put in 150 hours a week, yeah. and never see my kids mm -hmm. or never hang out with my wife. So that right there allowed me to like take a mental pay cut. Yeah. Like I don't need to be a billionaire. I don't need to be a millionaire. If I get to spend time with the people I care about, maintain my friendships, like realizing that that's more important to me and I still want things. Yeah. I mean, but you had a, you had a concept of balance. Yeah, for sure. Because that, that, I, I know a lot, like I said, I know a lot of people who they, they make more than enough money. Um, and, you you just realize like that's not enough. Yeah. It's if you 
if you don't get to hang out with the people you're supporting, then you're just a bank to them. What does the excess and, mean? And what does the excess mean? Exactly. And like, if I could have more fun with my family taking a, packing up the car and going to the beach and you're about to go to Paris with your family, but you're all about to go your separate ways because y'all don't really know each other. Yeah. Um, and your kid, your, you know, the baby's on an iPad, the girl's on her phone and your <laughs> wife is, you know, taking wine and Adderall. Like <laughs> it is what it is, but that's not, that's someone's life. And yeah. I'm sure that there are beautiful things about it, but that's not what I want. Absolutely. I, I had a very flimsy family structure and it's important to me to have a solid family structure. Absolutely. And like no one in my house has owned a home. So when that happens, I will be the first homeowner where my kids can look back and go, that's home. Because I realized going from apartment to apartment to apartment, mm -hmm. your sense of like anchor, your sense of like, the you remember the safe spot when you play freeze tag, yeah. like yeah. what's safe? You never had that. You never do. there's never a true, like I don't have like, when you say, where'd you grow up? I don't really have a place I think about. Like, it was all these things. So mm -hmm. I want my, my future family to have, like, the neighborhood, the block you go on. You come back 30 years later and drive by. Yeah. And, like, all of those things. Um, and it's but you kinda, can't want unless you haven't had. Yeah, right? for like, sure. You, you can't. Or even know it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the beauty is, is that, like, experiences that we have, whether they're, uh, whether they're uh, fruitful um, or whether they really like bring a void to ourselves is that the experience alone allows us to realize what we want and what we don't for want. sure and that's allowing those experiences to direct your journey and yeah. like not being so concrete into what you think you know being allowed to change and like like I said I've, I've been blessed with amazing women in my life but the problem when you like strong independent women with backbones you got to deal with a strong independent woman with a backbone yeah who is not gonna let you get away with shit and absolutely I, and having a whole life where people let me get away with shit because i could out talk them or outthink them or whatever when i find a challenge is when i'm intrigued absolutely and i'm a very weird particular set of old-fashioned and progressive mm -hmm. so i have very like traditional old values um, I'm very religious by my own definitions because that has had to change over time because I've had to adapt it. Um, I left Christianity for a certain period of time, not left like officially, yeah. like they don't make you sign anything, but I came back with like, okay, I still believe this, this, and this, but I'm going to negate this, this, because I don't fuck yeah, with that. Your and paradigm. Like, my, my, it shifted because it could be whatever I define it to be because I'm praying to whoever I choose to pray Absolutely. to. And so it, I, I had to, I had to, you know, cross out some of the judgmental parts or I had to cross out some of the closed minded parts because that didn't look like what the Christ told me I was supposed to walk through. So now you're contradicting yourself. So now I want to rewrite my own formula and raise myself in a new way. Absolutely. Um, and I came back even better than before. I remember my mother saw a book, uh, called rebel buddha on my countertop and she was like why are you reading a buddhism book mm. and because to her that's like a different god yeah and i'm just like yo this is probably making me a better christian yeah like value you can't close you can't have horse blinders to values to new concepts Absolutely. to ideas like the god that i was raised 
is looking after me would never want me to not learn something. Mm -hmm. They would never want me to like close a book because that's not for you. No, all information is for you. You're entitled to that. Absolutely. Um, so th those are kind of the, the new definitions of everything. And like I said, I was raised by TV dads. So I have a, I have a very clear concept of what I want, which can also change. I'm Absolutely. A, I'm always open to change. I'm always open to That's be wrong. That's life, bro. I'm so open to be wrong. I was a huge Bill Cosby fan. Fuck Bill Cosby now. Like, <laughs> like that, true. you know, like it, it is what it true. is. Like I, I had records, I had tapes. Yeah. Like, I, Cause I'm yeah. a big standup fan. So, and I think standup comedians are some of the smartest people in the world no because question. they apply very complex analytical things to things that smart people wouldn't feel are worthy of those yep. thinking patterns. And I think when you take someone who could have been a physicist and they're looking at a cup of coffee and they're saying their perspective on it, that's worth something to me. Absolutely. Like, it's important. And I, and I listen to those people very carefully because humor is a way to digest things. It's a way we struggle with pain, with suffering. It's a way we struggle with change. It's yeah, the way we absolutely. learn. It's I, I've comedians, I think are just as influential in my life as all the dead authors I've hung out with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I want to say like, it's, it's interesting how the things that you really want are very regular things. Yeah. And yeah. you could actually achieve that by just living a very conventional lifestyle. For sure. When you think about like, what are your big dreams? Yeah. What are your big aspirations? It's really just fucking normal. It's like, super normal. Quote, quote, quote unquote, right? I have, I have a homie from Portland and we always joke about like how like naive and like unscathed his thought process is. And he always says like, he said something really special to me that I'm very thankful you said. He said, the things you've accomplished are just as unlikely as the things you want. Yeah. Like, For real. You no, know, I got signed. I did records with huge people. I did fucking... I've partied with the best of them. I've hung mm -hmm. out with the best of them. They're on my phone. Like, I have this amazing life. Mm -hmm. And the things I want are just as amazing. But because I live in this magical fucking fairy tale of a city, it's tangible. It's yeah. very realistic for me to have whatever I want. Well, and it's, it's interesting that ultimately what you want is like a very conventional lifestyle. And the things you've done for are, sure they contradict that. In, in, in some element, I mean, but when you're living in LA, all kind of it's all it, that's what I mean. It's yeah, all exactly. blurry, like, right? I, I still it's the facade. Like, look, the fantasy of this shit is very different than the reality for like, sure. All that, that's just it's how down. it is. But what, what I want to get into is how come you never actually did go down maybe a more conventional um, side of things, knowing, like, look, I don't need to be so like, I can be a curious dude and hang out in the library and learn all I want while I just work this nine to five job and still get my fulfillment out of there. Because like what made you kind of go from, I don't know. I, it's a, it's an interesting question, but I think I'm just so like theatrical by nature. Mm. And, um, I, I think it, it's, it's probably an arrogance of thinking like I'm supposed to be on a very special path. Mm. And even if my path was normal, it'd be, it would be fucking wild. If I was, you know, if I was a fucking, I don't know. I don't think I would do any of those jobs because that, that would feel a little boring. I, I don't know. That, that was a, that was a good question. I feel like I never wanted that. I, it's, it's the selfishness of wanting everything I want specifically my way. Mm -hmm. So 
just because I want a normal life and a home and a family and all those things, like I traveled a lot when I was a kid and it wasn't because we were rich. It was because travel was important and I collect watches, not because I can afford to collect watches. It's because I nerd out about the fact that something can be automatically made to not run with a battery and made by hand. Like I still love the extremes of life and I still love the adventures. And as much as I can act like I'm too cool for all the fun shit that I do, like it's still dope. Yeah. I'm still amazed every day. There are moments where I like, my light bulb comes on and I'm like, oh, I'm standing next to X, Y, and Z and I'm in this room and they let, you know, fucking around with whoever I was fucking around. And like, I've been in a room with Diddy. I've been in a room with Pharrell having conversations. I've been in a room with with just juggernauts of personalities. And I've gotten to see them not on like a meet and greet, can you sign this thing, but like a, yo, like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, why are you asking me? Like... (laughs) I don't think shit. You talk. Like yeah, for real. you why would I talk right now? Do you know who you are? Like for real. Uh so <laughs> that's a funny way to say. It. Um but so I don't think I ever want to give up some of those marquee lights. Absolutely. I, I think I, I wanna include them in my journey. But and so to get where we're going now, like I met um a dude who worked at Tesla. And I've always loved cars. I've raced cars. I've drawn cars. I've been, just been a gearhead my whole life. And I was like, what do you do? And he was like, I, draw, I design cars. Mind you, I've never met anyone who designed cars before. I met him last year. Um, and that wasn't even like a tangible thing. Like it was, there was a lot of mystique about that process. Like I always thought like you had to be Enzo Ferrari's grandson. And like, I didn't know the, the, yeah. the steps. <laughs> And uh, and I was like, well, how'd you get into that? And he's like, oh, I went to the school and I did this and I put together a portfolio and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think he knew that I was about to do this, but I just did what he said. And um, and I put together a portfolio and I applied to the school and like, we're moving along. And it's funny because I'm 29. I'm in classrooms with 18 to 20 year olds. What's that like? I just got to uh, stop at that. It's fucking weird because I've never been the older guy. This is my first time. What's it like being in, like, I always have this borderline fantasy of going back to school with this brain and not yeah. my, like, yeah. young oh, it's, brain. Oh, it's dope because you move so fast and you, you have a lot more to draw from. Yeah. And, like, I've, I could always draw, but every time he teaches me something, I can, it's like a plug-in. Like, mm. I already know how to do it, so when you tell me new information, I can apply it very fast. I'm not learning how to draw from scratch. Mm-hmm. And but there are moments I remember we were talking about Silver Lake and I was like, yeah, man, like we were talking about gentrification and whatever, whatever. And I was like, yeah, Silver Lake was a whole different situation uh, Mm -hmm. back then. And this kid looks up and he's like, how old are you? Because to him, like Silver Lake was always hipster Silver Lake. And I was like, how old am I? Like, no one's ever asked me. How old are you? Yeah, how old are you, punk? But he he was 18. And that's and that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. That's if you're silver, like he knows. If he was you're, like twelve. If you're eighteen and you were born in motherfucking, I think that's ninety eight, ninety nine, something yeah. like that. Like you, you barista man bun Silver Lake is all you've ever all seen. You, know. you didn't know graffiti and stab you Silver Lake yeah. until you know that didn't exist on your timeline. That wasn't a place 
to, to navigate or to consciously think about when you were going to a party over there, at Echo Park or mm -hmm. Venice or all that stuff. Like, it's a whole different ball game. Where I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that these places are changing in a way where like the aspect of violence and all that is not there. But also, like, let's not forget that a lot of people are being pushed out of their homes and yeah. being priced out, and neighborhoods are changing. So like. Fuck most of those coffee places. Fuck all of that. Like, yeah. So it's a weird position, man. When we're talking about gentrification, not Absolutely. to go too down the gentrification fucking road. We could do a whole show on that. So yeah, 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 it's just I'm the rabbit hole. But, I, th yeah. I think if you were to have a genuine motivation and you involved communities in their own resurgence, then I'm sure those communities wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. But it's because you can go into a neighborhood, open up shop, and then the residents of that neighborhood feel unwelcomed yeah. at your establishment in their home. Yeah. That's when we got it. It's problem. also on a community level, that fear of like asking the question, that fear of understanding. Like when you can do something and you can just because you can, it's easier to go gung ho than to deal with adversity or deal with pushback before you even but it depends on why somebody likes you so okay so if rent is cheaper somewhere that feels like you know someone's slumming so if a girl used to like one of us because we were hood or we had you know gold teeth or braids or whatever like that's not a nice feeling like we had we're we we are what we are because that's all we know and if you're trying to like take a tour it, there's I have some issues even with like Vice and all these people that like there's almost like a National Geographic element of like you getting real close to the lion like bitch yeah. we're regular people like yeah. there's no <laughs> I, 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 I there's something very, very well said there's something very weird and and almost detached about looking at this lens of like we're gonna take you into this area you wouldn't drive through like we're all people, man. Absolutely. These are these are some of the best people I've met in my life, and and these are some of the best neighborhoods I've met in my life, and these are the best energies and and honest people who have looked out for me and taken care of me, and like we paid our tax. You paid more to live where you live. I paid with getting beat up a few times, and absolutely, that's, that's the tax it was, and like it made me a stronger person. I always think about that with success of like how do I want to raise my kids? Like, yeah, I don't want spoiled like bratty like private school kids but i also like don't want to force them to be in dangerous situations when they don't yeah. have to be there absolutely um so it's kind of like again balance like balance seems to be a reoccurring theme of like struggling to have it all and yeah I, and i've i've been lucky enough where i usually do get to have it all like when people tell me i can't do things or when people <coughs> tell me like you kind of have to do it this way or and you have to sacrifice this and like well you know what i'm just gonna try to have everything yeah and we'll see how that works i want to talk about this recurring theme and notion of sense of self, mm -hmm. right? Being that you've literally been an author of your own life mm -hmm. and life itself has seemed to be your publisher, <laughs> right? Well said. In which... I'll take it. You know, you, you go You're after... very some, good with your words lately. I just got to shout I love that you out. You've, been, you've really been on some shit. I'm just trying to soak it in. You're you really doing I mean? it. It's love. <laughs> but life is also the best publisher and, and you being willing to continue writing for the love of not only your craft, but your story. Like, you're an author that, that wants the hero to win. So it's only a matter of time before you find your story. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I want to take it back. Uh, it, it's, it's more so a two-part question in that being that you were raised in this kind of culture and scene in L.A. where music was like there's such a resurgence in fashion and entertainment and, mm -hmm. and that lifestyle was so prevalent. And also your friends... The, the brothers that you grew up with are not only entertainers, but also like facilitators and curators of the culture. Mm -hmm. And whatever uh, level in life that you could have seen yourself as being, you were always in their stories, mm -hmm. right? You were always afforded the opportunity to be at a level that was, that was envied by most, right? You For can sure. look at somebody and they, they have the house and the kids and they're building the white picket fence and they have a dog and they're looking at you as if like the life they hadn't led. Yeah. And you're looking at them conversely and being like, bro, if you only knew, like I want this, Yeah. right? Being at this age, going through all of that, kind of knowing that we're dealing with... uh facades and identities and what we put out what was it like for you um to finally make that choice of shit like maybe i do want to go back to school right maybe i do maybe i do have all of these creative passions maybe i have experienced many things maybe a lot of these things are only moments away from from taking true form and affording me that uh, picturesque fairy tale ending. What was it that moved you and allowed you to take the, uh, I guess, the normalcy of education and 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 schooling in something that you have newly yeah. uh, seen as uh, as something of interest, and also. Were you equipped? Like, did you draw? Were you always drawing? Have cars always been something that have driven you? Like, what was it? Like, the, you know. To, to answer both, for A, I got sick of myself. Like, I got really tired of this dude who always showed up with a new project. And I felt like my friends felt the same way. Like, mm. it was almost like they didn't even want to hear it no more. Like, mm. I got one, an idea. one week I'm developing an app, one week I'm opening a restaurant, one week I'm doing this, one thing I'm doing this. And they're just like, yo, like, call me when something works. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not about to sit down about this no more. And I kind of felt the same way about myself. It's got to feel exhausting just to live. It is because it really I, is, you, you, put, you put up shots, you put up shots, you put up shots. Nothing's going in. You grew up people telling you you're smart and you start believing it. And my mother always said, like, yo, if you're so smart, where's the money? <sighs> like, you dagger that it was. But I appreciate it because this whole like tortured artist, like, woe is me genius shit. It doesn't mean it's anything. a dagger of truth. You can't but... take it to the bank. Yeah. And once you 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 completely break down and you start to build yourself up from scratch, you go, what do I want to do? Mm. Right. So I looked at that. Cars have always been in my life. I've always drawn. I've never taken it seriously. I always looked at I've always loved writing and art. Right. And I've always looked at art as my hobby and writing as my career. And as soon as I switched them over, things started making more sense. Mm. So like 
writing even as a hobby, like I'm getting more work as a songwriter now than I ever did when it was supposed to pay my bills. Because now I'm writing with my friends. I'm working with producers that I love, like just the homies, no writing camps, no adult play dates, no working for this like new hot artist who's half retarded. Like it's not, there's, there was a sense of what does this artist want versus what do I want to bring to the game? Yeah. And once I lost, I felt myself losing that, like, what do I want to contribute and going like, oh, what does Beyonce need right now? <laughs> For real. That makes me a bad writer, right? So once I kind of went back to like, well, I like writing with this person, this person, this person. That's when it's fun. Um, that's when things started kind of being oiled and working again. Yeah. And then with... The art, and the like, pressure was off, and the pressure is off because I pay my bills other ways. So, this is strictly fun, and it might give me some money. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, the degree thing, I have a lot of friends who looked at me and were like, "Yo, you're about to start a four year degree at mm-hmm. 29." Like, and I'm looking back at them like, "Motherfucker, you 38 and you don't know what you're doing." Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna probably graduate at 32, 33, and that's cool with me. I'll take some steps back. I I definitely don't mind taking a step back to take a real step forward. For sure. And I think a lot of people have seen me peripherally and thought of me as successful because I've been allowed a guest pass into this amazing world of LA and of parties and adventures and experiences. And like, I can't do it if it's not on my ticket. Mm. I don't want someone else to vouch for me. I don't, I, maybe there's some ego left because I don't want you to pay my way through this game. Yeah. Like, I want to contribute. And I'm still getting afforded amazing adventures and, and things that I don't necessarily deserve. But I'm also not stupid enough to be like, I don't need help. Yeah. Like, I love help. Help is dope. Absolutely. People care is. about me. That's rare. Um, people want me to win, and they're rooting for me, and I, that makes me want to work harder. And once you calibrate things in a certain way where things start making sense, work is fun. So the effort you put in makes more sense, and success is addictive. So when you start working out and you start seeing some results, that's what makes you work out. Absolutely. Right? When you start eating better and feeling better and and I wish I was able to hold on to that longer, though, dog. Like, but but that's the I'll thing. Put in two but weeks that and that that's the off. that's the theme of my life is like trying to maintain <laughs> inspiration. Yeah. Like anyone could do it for a week. Like you see the homie fucking losing weight, and you're like, oh, I'm in the no, gym. Literally, G, I'm the type of dude that like I'll put three weeks into it, and like it's 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 like you said, it's really all or nothing. Because if I'm going super hard on a diet and I have a chocolate covered almond, one. Mm-hmm. You you best believe I'm having Carl's Jr. that night. Like I'm going. But that's off. the thing. Like, I think it's we, wild. We, to me, it's been know. packaged to us to believe that like you do this, you'll have this, then you can go home. Yeah. Right. And I think the concept is it's a lifestyle change. So you have to make changes, and if you want and that stand life, by them. and it's cool. My mother told me something that was so crazy, and I can't believe she even said this, but she was like, "The path you're on now is very normal." And you're probably going to live paycheck to paycheck. You're probably going to have an apartment. You're going to find a woman that loves you because you're a sweet person. You're going to have a family. You're going to have a... And if that's what you're okay with, I support it. 
but I'm just showing it to you just in case you're not okay with this. Mm. And I wasn't. I was like, I want to do amazing things. So this con- I, I always feel like when people tell me, like, don't worry if you fail, that's what makes me work hard. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's okay. It'll be fine, like, regardless. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's not, <laughs> it's not about to be fine regardless. Yeah. Like, it's about to be terrible regardless. For real. Like, so when people, when people kind of pet me on the back and kind of be like, it's okay. Like, I'm not a big participation trophy person. Not at all. That's not what I want on my mantle. That's not something I'm proud of. So no. it's, if you ain't first, you're last. And yeah. that's kind of how I've lived my life. And I've taken a lot of risks. I've lost it all many times. I've lost my life savings. I've lost, you know, I've, I've shut people out. I've, I've done things that... that just I, starting like different things. And different just things. starting over. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm a gambler, so I, I'm okay with losing it all because I know that I could build it all quick. Absolutely. And that's, again, a handicap. Like so, it, it a lot of, time a lot of things that are good about me have hurt me. And mm. a lot of times where knowing that I can recover quick or I can make money quick or I could do these things quick... That was like a fake safety net because it makes you not take a real swing. It kill you. It makes you not put out a real effort because it's not all or nothing because you know you can adapt. Yeah. And an effort takes a really long fucking time. That's part of the equation. Is that For sure. Like anything you do, because I think I've battled with that a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Anything you kind of do, you have to really like do it for a long time even if you're getting quick results or not it's like push through and kind of force yourself to get through and play the long game um because that's when you really start to learn like oh okay wait am i really in this or not my this is my first time where hard work is working for me more than talent Mm. and it's so much doper being talented is not that rewarding no being intelligent, it's empty almost. It's, being intelligent is a fucking party trick. Like, okay, you know shit. That's cool. Like, pull a coin out of her ear. Like, it's not tight. <laughs> being able to contribute something or being able to learn something and like really sweat through it and build the fucking birdhouse with your hands, that's something Overcoming to be proud uncertainty. of. Overcoming uncertainty. There's more fulfillment yeah. with that too. For, For sure. And, that, and that's the thing. Going back to school was like... I was a baby again. Like it felt like it was just, I was coming back to this infancy of like starting from scratch and no one's impressed by me and that's perfectly okay. Yeah. Do you ever battle? I I wanted to say this earlier. Do you ever battle with your perception among all these kind of phases and now going into this in terms of like how the world is going to perceive you? Um, kind of, I used to a lot more, but I'm at the point now where like, am I about to tell my future self, that I didn't secure us financially and mentally mm. because I was ashamed that this girl that I never even cared about was going to look at me funny or this dude that don't even like me is going to... what? Think it, you you, you got to look at the big picture. Yeah. Like, you got to go. But it's, all, it's also like friends knowing like, yo, you are smart. You have so much potential, whether it's your parents, your friends, all these things. Like I could see almost playing this character like mm-hmm. you have to uphold a certain character yeah. even if you're like battling internally you have to uphold this character because that's what everyone sees like oh you said you're smart you're fucking talented things come easy to you. you can make all these different ideas pop off pop off but when you reach that point where it's like 
am I doing this to kind of just continue being this dude? Like, was there ever that moment for you? You could probably uh, speak I'll, on this I'll, a little I'll, more. I want to chime in because yeah. I think he said something very critical to uh, the pivot in that. Mm-hmm. Is And correct me if I'm wrong, right? But it's one of those things where he's actually actualized his future self, hmm. right? So when you start thinking about all this petty shit, yeah. when you're engulfed in that, like as I was, and as we all probably had experiences being... The concept of your future self may be present, right? But your present self is drowning with the thought of how people are going to perceive you right now. Mm -hmm. But the moment you're able to take that leap um, and really hinge your happiness or your, your fulfillment on your future self, it becomes a different story. For sure. That's, that's a, you, you hit it right on the nail. Like, for me, the problem was finding a target to aim at. Mm. And so now that I have a target, I can hit the ground running. I'm not afraid of hard work. I just don't want to work towards something I don't like. Absolutely. And I didn't want to put effort into something I wasn't sure about. But at the same time, like, I ended up doing that. Mm. I put effort into a lot of things that I didn't really love. And I put effort and energy into a lot of people that I didn't really need around or whatever. But... All those things were like, look, I can't even tell you that this is the final result. Yeah. This is just where I am right now. Absolutely. And I love being able to tell people that, like, it's fucking hard. Mm. I got people back home in Egypt I take care of. I got my mom I take care of. My, you know, other members of my family, my friends, like. I have so many burdens and not, not even burdens. They're not burdens. Responsibilities. Responsibilities. And I'm okay telling people like LA has a tricky way of making you feel like you're the only person who's not a millionaire. Yeah. It's and so weird. You're, you, That's so true. Everybody is like killing it because everybody's lying. So you don't have the comfort in those structures. The more people are honest about those things, then the more we can start contributing to all of our success absolutely and so it's, it's this we always joke about like rappers talking about their deals like talk about your deal so we could see if you got a good deal <laughs> like put it out there let's see like yeah. i, w- I want to know if you know i want to know if my deal's bad yeah. so like what'd you get what'd you bring to the table and that and that's the thing is like if everybody fronts if everybody lies then we can't help each other absolutely and we can't we don't know where our journey is in the race. Not that we even need to because you should be focusing on your journey. Yeah. But you're focusing on other people's journey and a false standard of their journey. Absolutely. And so when you compare yourself to unrealistic standards, you feel like a fucking failure. And you're wondering why everybody's depressed. And only seeing like what you want to see about those people's journey. Yeah. Because they're only you're only seeing what they want to show you. Yeah. No one's Instagramming themselves crying. Like (laughs) for real though. It's just not happening. Like we're show those social media personas are this is me at my best. Yeah. And I'm looking at it like this is you at your always. Yeah. Why aren't you ever fucking sad? We've all like we've all worked real hard on like an outfit and then you get there and you realize no one's looking at you. <laughs> and I think that's the same dynamic of like all of life is like 
if you really focused on what's going to help you rather than what people are going to think about you, mm -hmm. then you'll get to a point where they'll think what you want to think. Mm -hmm. yeah. They'll, they'll respect you. They'll all of that. Absolutely. But the more you try to please them along the journey, yeah. the harder it'll be for you to get to wherever you need to go. Um, and I think there's so many handicaps about that. Like we hurt ourselves all the time trying to keep up with this invisible standard. Yeah. And I see it all the time with girls, with dudes, with everybody. Like you, our priorities are so bad. We don't, especially in, in, in this community of people, like we don't talk about our credit. We don't talk about our taxes. We don't talk about our bills. We don't talk about nothing except bottles and rollies and cars and some more shit. And it's like, mm. okay, we're, we're talking about things that are, that are hindering us, but we're not talking about how to get to the next level. And like, everybody wants to build, everybody wants to network, like, <laughs> but you're all fucking lying. Like, yeah. I can't do it. I can't, I, I can't build with someone who's not, who doesn't have any bricks to contribute. Like what are we going to build? Like we can't Absolutely. build nothing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I think, all the all those things are very very true, and um, it's it's been a very very humbling experience to start this journey. But like I said, I've let four years go by doing nothing yeah. a couple of times. So if I blink and I'm somewhere closer to where I need to be, mm -hmm. then so be it. I'm, I'm cool with that. And I I love my journey. I love the flaws. I love the people around. I'm so 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 thankful for the people that I've met and the saints that have been, I've been fortunate enough to cross paths with, um, who, who've contributed characters to my story. Um, because if it wasn't for them, my ego would have eaten me alive. Yeah. Um, and I love being around people that are so much better than me at things. Yeah. I love being around people who are so much nicer than me. Like I always joke about like Julian being my like, party liaison yeah. because like no one would invite me like I'm fucking mean and like whatever but because he's such a people person like I get to be in these places and like eventually people get to know me and know like I'm not mean I'm just yeah. like I'm a different kind of nice just reserved yeah I'm just reserved and like I, I keep to myself and like I talk a lot but I've just always been raised in this like never say in seven what you could say in four like mm. get to the point um and so, you know, it's a, it's been fun. It's been beautiful. It's been scary. It's been a beautiful, conflicted, alcohol-driven journey yeah. that's, that I wouldn't trade for the world. This is these are the people I was exactly supposed to meet. This is the person <laughs> I was exactly supposed to be to a T, to a millimeter, like, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I'm okay with that now. I was always very like, this is wrong <coughs> or this isn't fair. Mm. And like, who told you it was supposed to be fair? Like, what reference are you drawing from? What's been fair yeah. to where you think shit is fair? Yeah. Um, it's not fair, but it's, <coughs> it is what it is and it's correct. And it's, it's, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And the thing is, you're still very young. Yeah. Like pointing that out. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm real world young. I'm LA old, <laughs> but real. North Carolina, <laughs> I'm young. And world young, like your parents at your age, like yeah, had you and like yeah. th think about the transition they made for sure. But even like 
fuck LA. Like <laughs> you, you got twenty in your age. Right? Yeah, yeah, there's the a word twenty yeah. is in your age. Yeah. Like, yeah. Before for six more months. Yeah. yeah, you're good though, and none of that shit really matters no. at all. Because no. it it flies by super fast. No. I'm I'm um, getting closer. Me me and Carol Roosevelt always talk. I hate calling him that. Me and Kevin always talk about just deciding to become this person you want to be. Mm-hmm. And like this concept of like a delay, like when I get money or when I do this, I'm going to dress like this. I'm going to look like this. I'm going to go to these places. I'm going to hang out with these people. I'm going to talk like this. I'm just this, this person that you aspire to be. And then we, we both kind of hit a moment where we're like, you know, we could do that now. Right. Yeah. Well, that's thing, like man. you could just be who you would like to be. And as long as that's in line with who you are, be the best, be your best self. You're damn right. Look how you want to look. Act like how you want to act. If you have values, if you have morals that you stand You're out by. You're that story arc. Stand B. by them. Yeah. Look, you know, be that dude. I'll tell you this. As uh, the administrative assistant mm-hmm. to your publisher called Life. <laughs> and being able to look at your story thus far from the outside looking in is... You were born to do this. You were meant to write this story. And it's so beautiful to see the progression in your prose. Yeah. And from me to you, your book is going to be extremely, extremely beneficial to all of those around you. And I damn sure believe it's going to be cathartic to you as the author. For sure. And the one thing I could ever tell you as a note on your current story is keep writing. Because hmm. this is what it was meant to be. Amen. And with that, we say, Mama, <laughs> we made it! Oh, my God. <laughs>